Hi everyone, welcome to episode 33 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. If this is your first time listening to Inside View podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you go back to episode 1 and have a listen. Please do rate, review, tell your friends, family, whoever may know about the podcast. It means a huge amount to us. Any interaction that you may have about the podcast, please do tag On The Ball Team Building and also tag the guest. Uh, big shout out to our sponsors, GRG Sports. So if you're looking for anything, you know, any gear for your local club, or you know, for colleagues in work, be sure to get in contact with them. And if you're looking to to invest money, be sure to get in contact with our other sponsor, Vintry Harbor Asset Management, who are a Connecticut-based asset management company. Um, thank. Uh, I'd like to thank the both of you for um the continuous support and you know you know especially GRG who's been there for the last couple of months and Vintry Harbor Asset Management have come on over the last couple of weeks as well. Um, thanks very much guys we, we really appreciate it and uh, hopefully we can keep growing uh, every week and move in the right direction it's now time to bring on this week's guest and I'm delighted to be joined by Connor Fitzgerald of the family owned Fitzgerald's Woodlands House Hotel and Spa in Adair County Limerick Connor is a former dual Limerick J star and also won a Fitzgibbon Cup medal with UL Fitzgerald was an essential member of the successful Adair Harland side who won five county titles during the noughties. The Woodlands is one of the largest employers in Adair and the surrounding areas and the Fitzgeralds are very much immersed in the local community up there. Um, they invest in local projects and they're very much about giving back to those who support them over the years. Hi Connor, welcome to the Inside View podcast. How are you keeping? I'm great. I'm great, and uh, thanks a million for having me on. Very good, very good. Um, how has the the past you know the past ten months been for you know for you personally and from you know for the business the Woodlands, um, you know I suppose coming off a, a strong 2019 must have been pretty pretty challenging to keep the you know keep things afloat over the last couple of months. Yeah. Um... I suppose like everyone across the country, be it personally and business-wise, it's been the most challenging year of our lives, really, and something that kind of came out of nowhere, you know. Um, I think we couldn't have believed that it could have brought the world, the world to its knees, um, you know. So it, is, it, was, it was a huge shock to the system, Jamie, um, both personally and I suppose from a family point of view and from a business you're looking at your business being wiped out, um, but uh, you know, so it was, it was a, it was a huge shift and a huge change for us. Um, you know, news came in then that the country was going to, that literally every, you know, every business in hospitality was going to have to close down. So, you know, straight away you're, you're trying to deal with the shock of that. And our initial reaction was, you know, for like we've, we've upwards during the summer of 230 staff that we working with us and, you know, at, at, times of the year then when when would it be quieter we'd, we'd, we'd have minimum 180 people working with us you know so straight away our attention was kind of turned to our staff that have been with us for some have been with us since the year that we opened um and thinking about you know we were very very concerned about them because they all have got mortgages they've got families they've got basic needs and wants you know bills to be paid and things you know put food on the table like everyone else so it was something that was a huge concern for us and that was probably what upset us the most Jamie was closing our doors but ultimately the impact it was going to have on all our team and all our, all our you know that were working with us for years and years so that was the biggest thing so we were just trying to see what we could do initially to 
ensure that we could keep on as many at the start because I suppose like everything we were being closed down we didn't know how long it was going to be for um, so we you know we were looking at ways to see so I remember for the first lockdown we ended up keeping on to about 25 of our core staff um, so that was the first lockdown and you know we we didn't I suppose we it was just try we use it as a time to try and to connect with our staff a bit more because like there was a lot of mental health issues that, of course that across the country you know because for them as well it was you know trying to deal with it you know they were dealing with kids being at home the homeschooling side of things you know so it brought a lot of challenges to themselves um, and how they were trying to adapt and to deal with it so I suppose we try to keep up in the community side of things with our own team and with our own staff and you know we did things like quiz nights and we, you know, like, for example, we have our online Christmas party coming up in the next couple of weeks. So how are we going to do that? So like, you know, these kind of things that we're trying to keep engaging and keep in contact with our team. And, you know, and they were great fun, those, those quiz nights that we had. And people used to look forward to them, you know. And, and it was a great way of connecting people and kind of making contact with people again, you know. And, you know, when you're trying to keep your team together and trying to keep them, you know, keep them motivated, I suppose. And, you know, just, I suppose, have a laugh as a simple things in life again you know so it, it was very very challenging but it was for everyone I, I think like everyone we've done our best to try and navigate the business and uh, help our team through it as best we can you know so perfect yeah it's, it's i say it's, it's it's across the board you know every industry is affected and you know more so the tourism industry has been really really hammered um as a result of this uh, being in the industry you know what is the feeling among among uh, hoteliers do you know do you know i suppose at the first lockdown you kind of touched it there there's a lot of uncertainty but what is the feeling there now is there a lot of worry and concern uh, absolutely i suppose we're now entering our third lockdown jamie so i suppose the first initial lockdown was a huge shock i suppose the second one you know you knew what was coming but I suppose the third one, the way it's escalated so quickly in the last few weeks has been a, a huge, huge concern for hotel businesses because traditionally, Jamie, probably the week between Christmas and New Year's and the first few days in January would have been, along with August weekend, would be nearly your busiest week of the year. So it's obviously a major, you know, after being closed for so long, you need your good weeks to be good. And um, being closed down again on the 26th of December was a huge uh, blow for the tourism industry um, and yeah that was just to get sentiment of it my own sister is actually the chair person of the irish hotel federation which i believe um so she just stepped into the role in february last year um so talk about uh, absolutely being landed into the middle of a of a of a, of a world pandemic is an understatement but um so we probably would have it firsthand obviously we know from our own business but like the challenge we know the challenges that our fellow fellow hoteliers are facing but it's it's been survival mode for for hotels and for businesses jamie you know so um you know you're really really you learn a lot about yourself about you know what you're made of about how you can as i said earlier on navigate your business um and you just have to be really really resilient and um you know try to roll with the punches that are coming because there's been plenty of them over the last over the last 10 or 11 months you know so um it's definitely been a very challenging time and I suppose my sister Elena is definitely the cold face because she'd have a lot of hoteliers that we written her about the concerns that they would have their businesses. And, you know, she's obviously, they're lobbying on their behalf to try and, you know, to try and 
work on things to put pressure on the government to try and help the businesses and the hospitality business in particular um, through these very difficult times now. But the sentiment is one of survival mode, I would say, at the moment, and obviously trying to survive the last 10 months. But now we know, realistically, we have the next, we're going to be closed for the next probably, like, you know, definitely two to three months. And who knows after that, Jamie, with, you know, we're really hoping this vaccine program can be rolled out to help people as much as possible, as soon as possible. Um, but like we're definitely looking at the next three to six months being very, very challenging times for, for, for the hotel industry. And, um, you know, our recovery is going to take, you know, it's going to it's going to it's going to it's going to take a good few years to, to get it back to the levels of 2019. You know, but I think for businesses in general, if they can survive, that's the big that's the big thing and, and consolidate, you know, so for now. Say if we can um, put a magic wand to it and we, we say about two years down the line. Can you see things going back to, to normal when I say normal to, to the way things were, we say, you know, before COVID hit? Um, obviously, it's going to take time until the volume of people be around again. But do you think that, we say, the restrictions in restaurants and all that will it will go? Well, I hope so. I certainly, <laughs> I certainly hope so, because if we can go back to, I suppose, normality, which was for us pre-COVID times, if we are not going to be able to return to that, it's going to be very, very challenging for a lot of businesses going forward, and Jamie, and very, very, you know, take it. We'd have a very large wedding business, and uh, you know, we are our, our function room could seat up to four fifty, um, you know, if we wanted to. But you know, when will we see those crowds again, or when will we return to a degree where we have a wedding of two hundred or three hundred again? You know that kind of way. Mm -hmm. So we're certainly hoping that we will get back to that degree of normality and. I suppose you'd be very hopeful with this vaccine program that's been rolled out that, you know, you're be, at the moment we're being led to believe, maybe it's very, very early days uh, with it at the moment, but we're being led to believe that, you know, the signs are positive. So let's try to assume that it's going to be very positive in two years' time, Jamie, for us all, you know, so that's all we can do, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I suppose you touched on it there, Ron, it's about, you know, using this period of time to just to keep the, your staff happy and keep them connected. And, uh, you know, you know, yourself it's difficult not meeting people on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, and then when you are meeting people, you're kind of pushing yourself back from them because you have to... Which is not natural for us, like, no, you know, so... That, and that's the that's the hardest thing. Um, but I suppose, look, we, we'll bring it back to the early days of the Woodlands. Um, instead of me going on about it, do you want to give us kind of a, an overview of how, how you ended up where you are today and how did it start yeah, off initially? Um, yeah, how it all started off. Uh, my dad was a Kerry man, Jamie, um, from Castle Island. So from, from, from good stock there. So uh, uh, Dick Fitzgerald was his own name um, and came from Castle Island, uh, just beside Castle Island. So he came up in 1969 to um, purchase the farm that we are on now um, from the Chalk family, would you believe, um, that have the pubs in Adair at the moment. So um, he bought a farm in '69. He arrived up in a Massey 135, drove up from Kerry up to up to Adair, and that's how he landed into Adair. And uh, he met my mother on a blind date in um, 1972, and um, which was set up by my granduncle, 
um, who my dad had befriended when he arrived to Adair first uh, for, for, for a few years. So he set him up in a blind date in 1972. They got married. They got married a year later. Um, and they, yeah, it just kicked off from there, basically. That's how my mom and dad met up and how it, how, how it started off. So that was the farm. So basically what he did was, his business was he was doing a bit of farming and fruit farming in particular, selling vegetables and we'd say strawberries and fruits, uh, strawberries and Brussels sprouts to all the markets, uh, local markets in around Limerick and around the Munster area. So uh, Brussels sprouts and strawberries was their primary thing. And um, what my mother looked to do then was uh, she set up like with a four bedroom house. So she started doing B&B, Jamie. And um, so kind of kicked off from there i think the business uh we started getting people to with us working in ahanish illumina it kind of coincided with their growth period you know ahanish in um down in Eskeaton, so which would be a huge employer in the west limerick north Kerry area Um, so it coincided with their growth so there's lots of people that were coming doing construction works and very specialized works and they were staying with us in the bnb and i suppose ma'am noticed that there was you know that things were, were, were tipping along very, very nicely. So she decided then to build uh, further um, eight rooms so and build on-suite rooms, which she had first seen in the USA when she was on her on, on, on holidays. Um, so she said, these, these on-suite rooms are going to work, she reckoned, in Ireland, and they're going to be the next big thing. So when she came back then, she started, uh, she started the day I was actually born, started building... Um, 12 ensuite rooms um onto the, onto the hotel so that was in 1981 we then uh, you know things tipped along very very nicely where we're, you know there was there was good industry in the area and lots of building was going on and, not, and there wasn't a whole pile of accommodation so woodlands definitely benefited from that um and then that got us up to kind of 1983 where Mary applied for a hotel license and looked to put on a, a hot a restaurant and, and, and a bar um, and applied for a dispense license. And at this, probably a few months before that, she had went to the local bank manager and informing him of her plans. And um, he wasn't too helpful, uh, Jamie. So what he said to her was, he said, listen, my dear woman, he said, I think the best thing for you to do now would be to go home and mind your kids. And uh, basically, you know, it was very negative towards her plans about trying to kick on and um, expand her expansion with the hotel and with the with the restaurant and bar and all that. So she thought he thought that uh, my man Mary was mad. So I think that's what motivates her to this day is, I'd say, the words that that guy gave her inside in the, in the office in the bank in um, in um, in Limerick, you know, so um that definitely stuck in her gut after that. So um, she defied him and she got a loan from her parents to um, to do the extension. And um, I suppose got, got her own loans to, to, to do the to, to do the extension and kicked off from there. So put on uh, the, the, the restaurant and bar. So I suppose like everything and even up to this day, Jamie, our business is constantly evolving. And I suppose you're trying to like everything, you're trying to hit market needs. And trying to, you know, you're, you're you're trying to be, you know, the standard bearer for, for weddings and to be ahead of the curve and try to do things as best you can from a hotel point of view. Um, to the leisure business where you have the leisure center where we've a we've a beautiful spa. So each time I suppose we and so Mary was started that in her 
you know, her early days, she was trying to be ahead of her time with the ensuite rooms, led into the hotel, the, the restaurant, the bar license. So that's kind of where it kicked off from there, Jamie. That was 1983. And that was the hotel. And she worked, mom and dad probably worked very, very hard. I'd say they, they were they, they, to try and grow the business and try to make it work. And whilst rearing a family with ourselves, having, you know, four, four children, it wasn't easy, you know. So that was 1983. So our next, I suppose, really big expansion in came, we were after being informed that we were becoming the headquarters for the plowing in 1991. So that was over in Krakora in um, County Limerick, which is only like maybe six or seven miles away from us here. So obviously the plowing, obviously now we know that the, the, how big it is now, we'll say across the country, but even back then it was, it was a huge event, right? So we knew we wanted to be the headquarters for it. So Mary came up with a plan to uh, say, look, we need to we need to put on expansion. So we put on our huge, you know, the lobby we have at the front of the hotel, we'd say, Jimmy. So we did that expansion to the front of the hotel with a brand new bar and restaurant and different private dining areas. And we put on 20 uh, extra bedrooms as well, which would make us have a 32 bedroom hotel. So the investment was what, two million pounds at the time, which was a lot of money. Um, to be outlaying for so, so for being the headquarters of the plowing I'll never forget it I was only I'd say 10 years of age and we had one of the ministers I think Michael O'Kennedy was the minister that was opening the hotel at the time but literally we were laying down the carpet the hotel and he he, he rang up from I think he had a mobile phone it was one of the very first mobile phones so he rang the hotel to see you know, I'm just arriving on, whatever. So I think Mam told him to, you know, if you could give us another half an hour, we were just trying to finish off the carpet and hang the curtains at that time before he arrived to the front door of the <laughs> hotel. So, uh, so that was it. That was in 1991. So we opened it just uh, a couple of days before the plowing launched in the hotel. And sure, that was that was a huge uh, event where we had a huge marquee then outside in the car park. We had events every night for 1,000 and 1,200 people. It was just, it was a huge, huge thing, you know. So myself and my brother Richard, we were nine and 10. We would have been literally handing out plates for main courses with taking a tin file off the plates. That was our, that was our job at nine and 10 years of age for those events, you know. So that was kind of, that was the, the next step, but that was in 1991, 1995. Then we put on another 25 rooms and um, because what happened was, I suppose we had our wedding business, uh, Jamie, and we also then had this touring business that was starting to come in. So a bus would come in. So you'd have 50 people in a bus. Straight away, that was 25 rooms. So we, were, we didn't have enough capacity for our wedding guests if we had a, if we had a tour and our wedding business. So, and then people started to stay. So I suppose Mary, my mother, saw that there was people were starting to stay more. And it was becoming a new market again, you know. So she felt she needed to put on those extra rooms and we put on the 25 rooms in 95 and that was our next investment, 1998. Then we put on further 38 rooms. So we became a 95 bedroom hotel um, and we have 20 meter leisure center with a big gym and, uh, you know, fine uh, as gyms go for hotels. It's a super, super gym area with a separate weights area and a cardio area and uh, kind of a stretching area. So, then we, you know, there's a jacuzzi and hot tub. So we have evolved and moved with it, I suppose, the whole. So that was 1998. That then was a huge change because we are, with these 38 extra rooms, we now had possibly 100 extra people looking for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and the bar service. So that brought its own challenge again, you know, and, um, but it also opened up new opportunities with families and, you know, family business, you know, with families coming to stay with us now that you had the leisure center. So that became a huge thing. 
Um, and I think originally we used to go to the likes of the Skelly, maybe in Dingle, or down to Clane and Waterburn. And Mary thought, that, you know, this worked for families, and this is the way forward, you know. So um, from our travels and abroad as well. So we put on the legendary, and that was a huge thing. That led us on into building a new spa in 2007, um, which is at, at our spas, is Riva Spa on the grounds. Absolutely superb facility um, with about 16 treatment rooms, a huge tournament suite area. It's one of the uh, probably biggest spas in the country, and it's, it's run by my brother David's wife, Orla. Um, it's a fabulous facility in every way, um, and it's just something we felt there was a niche for it again. You know, likewise, again, that there was a market for, for, for a bigger spa. And uh, that's been bombing along great as well since we've done that, which was another huge investment. It was very, very difficult to get staff um, around, uh, around that time or just, you know, the, the early noughties when we started in, I suppose we were finding it very difficult. So we found out, yeah, we could start getting staff all right that were coming in from, from Europe, we'll say, but they needed accommodation. So we said, OK, we need to provide accommodation. So we put on the staff accommodation along with the spa and, you know, like it's evolved and evolved over the years. Like we're still evolving. We're building a new laundry at the moment. It's purpose built outside. Uh, we've built, you know, a new organic garden. You know what I mean? So we're constantly looking at renovating and evolving and changing up our business. We've done a huge development in our function room, which just finished off now. It's two years ago, but we, we got a great year out of it uh, after the, after the, uh, or pre the lockdown and uh, we were getting you know we did a fabulous job in the function room and the front of the hotel so we're constantly I suppose Jamie evolving and trying to move with the times because and you're trying to as we said you're trying to go after people's needs and you know go after market needs and and try to to attract as many people as you can in, in the different market segments and this year more than ever probably proved us Jamie you know obviously we would have had a huge very strong wedding business but then when the wedding business went we're not a coastal town like Dingle or a Westport or a Galway where, you know, people flock to those areas in the seaside areas, you know, during the summers. But we we were able to, you know, we were able to, I suppose, go after families. We have a, we have a fantastic leisure centre, which is a great, you know, a thing for families. But also we have a fabulous kids club as well, which we provide free of charge for our families as well as part of their stay. So, you know, you're, you're trying to tick as many boxes as possible for families and tick as many market segments because if you're over-reliant on, on one market segment, it'll it'll come back to, 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 to bite you. You know, that kind of way, God forbid, if something happens, you know. So it definitely proved to us more than ever that the spa business and the family business during the summer was, uh, it really helped us along when we weren't over-reliant on the, on the weddings, you know. That's a lot to take in now, but that's kind of how our business would have evolved over the years, uh, Jamie, you know. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's, uh, that's very, very interesting. Like, I suppose with every business, um, you know, it's step-by-step approach and you're, you know, you're trying to target the markets out there and, and go with the times and be the you know be the first mover if, if possible. Um, I, one thing I I I, I always find you know when, when I do stop in there, there's always a family touch, you know, with the woodlands. Is that something that's just been there all the time, or is that something you, you want to keep there? Because you know there's some big big um hotels, it's just more of a business. But the woodlands, there's the family touch there. Yeah, well, I think that's probably the reason why it has probably grown so much over the years and be has become the success that it has. Um, was true probably mum and dad's probably uh, hard work over the years, but I suppose going back to the family touch and the hospitality shown by them, um, and definitely my grandmother would be my mother's mother. She would say, you know, it was all about hospitality for her and caring for people and looking after people, Jamie. And I suppose that personal, you know, 
someone saying hello to you, someone caring, you know, how is things going for you today? You know, simple things, which I think probably the last 10 months have shown us more than ever how important it is for people, you know, um, connecting with your customers in your community, because it is our community. And so it certainly has been thing around holiday has been the reason I'd say but our business has been better would have built you know it's probably their values uh, you know it became one of their main values I'd say and probably they instilled it in us as a family going forward that how important it is to look after people like simple things like going around after weddings with, with a platter of with your with your extras your beasts or salmon but it's the, you know my mother to this day and our own family we are always we go around to the tables ourselves individually because we want to ensure that people are being well looked after and that they're being catered for very, very well. But it's that customer care, basically, Jamie, isn't it? And that's the difference. And I think people notice that difference, I think, as well. And you know what I mean? They appreciate it as well, I think, you know, and uh, we certainly thrive off it and we enjoy it, you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly, that'll, that'll be, that's one of our main values. And it, it's, it certainly is instilled into us all as a family, you know. As I say, like it, it, you know, it costs nothing to be nice, and you know, you, you want to get one chance to make first impression. So it's uh, that's first. Um, just out of curiosity, was there always you know a, a big tourist town, or did that only kind of come with saying the the nineties? I think um, it probably was always a very very pretty village, um, Jamie, and I think that. Like a day, really, if you look at it and like the, it, the gateway into Kerry, if you like, and it would have been seen as that. Yeah, uh, the traffic there is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that'll, all, that'll all be started out in 2026 anyway, Jamie, so we'll, but, um, when the bypass will, will, be, will be started out for that, you know. But um, look, at, it's the gateway to Kerry, definitely. You know, obviously, Kerry is a huge tourist draw between Dingle and Killarney and you know, down around South Kerry and, you know, the Ring of Kerry and that. So Adair would be seen as a, as a game into Kerry. It would have definitely put it on the map because people, a lot of people would have passed through there and seen how picturesque it was. Like it always had attached cottages for years and years going back to, you know, the 1800s and that, 17, 1800s. So when attached cottages were put in, you know, it's a very picturesque village. Um, so I suppose we won the Tidy Towns in 1976 and Adair has probably developed over the years, but, there's been more and more investment into it. Um, there's, you know, there's a heritage centre in the middle of Adair. There's, you know, a beautiful church, beautiful walks. There's Desmond Castle. There's different castles around the village. So there's, then we have, you know, you have obviously three excellent hotels now in the village. You have great bars and restaurants, you know. So great shops, great ladies' fashion shops, you know. So there's a lot of stuff now, that, a lot of attractions for people to come and stay. But I would say probably... So going back to your question, it's become more of a destination now, Jimmy. Um, but it definitely would have been exposed over the years and would have grown over the years um, as more and more people would have been aware of there from passing through it for all the wrong reasons, maybe with the traffic and that. But uh, as, you were, as you were mentioning earlier on, but it's just that nowadays, um, I think there is a lot going for, as I said, excellent hotels, excellent bars and restaurants. And, it's definitely seen as being a destination. And my, that goes back to, I suppose, in the 80s, when my mother was involved with the Dare Innkeepers, which was the hotels and bars, restaurants together. They used to go to probably shows above in Dublin to try and promote Dare as a destination. And it probably kicked up from there, Jamie, really, I would say. Um, I suppose they saw that, you know, we have a product here that would interest, you know, home tourists and the international tourist market. 
it wasn't they started promoting themselves at the different shows and trade exhibitions above in Dublin at the RDS and you know different ones that would have been held up there um, it was how they could promote what we had to offer in a deer and that was probably the start of a deer starting to grow and you know improve year on year with the number of visitors and tourists that were visiting our village and you know helping our B&Bs and you know I think everyone is in the village has benefited from it um, and I definitely think it's a case of a rising tide, they saw all boats, Jamie, you know, when there's people in the area staying in the hotels, you know, they, they might stay for a couple of nights in the hotel, but they might want to go down to the village for a night, into the bars, the restaurants, you know, go for a walk around into the heritage centre, have a cup of tea, have a cup of coffee, have a lunch in the village, you know, so, oh, everyone is, you know, there's a greater good for everyone, and um, the B&Bs and people staying, and they're also providing people, you know, to go into or you know, they're also holding on to people to stay in the village that are also going to spend money in the village, in the bars and restaurants and throw it there. So there's it's it's grown hugely over the last number of years and Adair has developed as well. And I suppose it's done a, a lot of work over the years to try and make it more of a tourist destination and a kind of a, a village to try and come to. But it wasn't always, Jamie, um, but it certainly has developed hugely over the last number of years. And we still think, with I suppose, with the Ryder Cup, coming in 2026 which is an amazing uh, you know a very privileged position for for our village to have and we're so lucky and thankful that the McManus family are you know we're able to bring that first of all we're able to develop the manor to what it is today and put it there really really on the map and um, from branding point of view it's been incredible and um, what they've done with the property and what they've done for the area uh, but also like with hosting the Ryder Cup like it's beyond our wildest dreams so we believe there's further things and you know there's much greater things that we can achieve over the next number of years please god you know with uh, with all those good things happening well definitely it's um it's supposed it's amazing even more so now you kind of realize that you know when you have tourists coming there the spin-off effect to the to the local shops and local bars and then you have the local producers providing those shops it's like uh it's like a web everything's connected um so never 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 is a truer word said because a very interesting thing, like we we did a we did a I suppose a calculation on our own uh, our own suppliers or food suppliers. Well, we've last year of 2019, we'd about in food, would say food produce that we would have bought would be probably over about 1.3 or 4 million of food produce. 80% was produced or supplied by suppliers within 50 kilometers of our area. Oh. Which is which is an amazing stat, and like it goes back to your thing about the link and the supply chain, and how much it means to different businesses, and how everyone is all feeding off each other, you know. So, Adair is kicking off, and you know it's helping a lot of other businesses to grow as well. You know what I mean? So, it, it, as I said, it, it's a greater good. It works for everyone, but you're you're spot on in what you're saying. Yeah. I know. I definitely think that the Ryder Cup, um, you know, is, is going to be a massive thing because we we've a lot of dealings there with um, American tourists and stuff coming over and. You know, they all want to go to to there because that's where it's going to be held. You know, and I suppose you yeah. have that that Irish connection as well. Um, so hopefully, you know, once things open up and do get back to normal, you know, that will will start to start to increase and get more traffic through. Um, please God, but it certainly had to put it there in the map, anyways. That's for sure. No, definitely, definitely. And um, I suppose just out of curiosity, like you know, for such a small village, you 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 probably just uh, touching there later on, but. Uh, would all your staff be from the Dare area or would it be kind of split 50-50? It's funny. Um, we're our staff. So we've, in the height of summer, we'd have up to about 230 staff, including the spa, which is, which is, you know, which is considerable. You know, obviously you're, not, you're in the thick of it when you're, you're very busy during the summer. 
Um, but we, about 75% of our staff are within 25 kilometers of the hotel. Jeez. Jeez, no, that's, which, is, uh... you know, which, is, which is great for the local area. It's, it, it's providing great local employment, you know, for, 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 you know, for students that are starting off in, in school or in college and then for, for families in as well that are, that, are, that are in the area, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's providing great employment for, for everyone across the board, you know, so. No, definitely. Yeah, it's great for local. No, it's it's definitely great to see that you know it's um it's a it's a massive employer actually. I never realised there's that many many employees in the thick of it. Yeah. We say, um, look, I suppose from a you know mani- manager's perspective, you know technical, uh, conceptual, you know interpersonal skills are all important things for managers, and you know for you know when you're running a successful business, but. As a hotel, you know, what qualities do you look for in your staff? Um, obviously, hard work and, you know, communication, punctuation, you know, but everyone has, like, I might have something that I see very important someone should have. What was, what, what do you think that a person should have? You know, albeit they mightn't be up to standard, but if they're, if they're punctual or if they're a good communication. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and this goes back to what my grandmother would have said, that, if someone can be hospitable and care for people, it's the number one. You'll get away with anything else. You really will get away with anything else. You know, if people feel like they're being looked after, um, which is the number one, like, as you were saying, the, the feeling of feeling warm when you get into a place or feeling, you know, good about the property or, feel, you know, you know, if you can, if we could, so that's the message that we try to share amongst our team, that people feel like they're being cared for, being looked after and being, you know, the hospitality. So, that is the number one thing that we would look for in our staff. I would say that, um, you know, and obviously there's obviously a lot of different varying skills and different roles across the hotel from, from financial to sales and marketing to reservations and events, you know, so they all have their skills. You know, some people are office based and they're all excellent at what they do. You know what I mean? And you have a you very amount of skills involved, but definitely outside of that for anyone that you'd be, uh, that you'd be looking to take into the industry with the hospitality and care is, is, is probably number one, uh, Jamie, you know, so you get over anything else after that, you know. And I suppose just out of curiosity there, you know, you see some hotels are part of these, you know, these hotel chains, um, yourself, I think you're part of the original Irish hotel group. Would I be right there? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. What's, you know, what's the purpose and benefit of a hotel being associated with a group like that or been under a group like that? So basically, original Irish hotels were members since 1999. And what it has done for us as a business is it's really put us on the map. It's a marketing company, if you like. Right. But what it done is uh, it's a marketing company where they do a central reservations for Number, a number of hotels around the country so it's put us on the map basically on a worldwide basis and it's opened up a load of different avenues for us from international visitors right and also visitors within ireland because original Irish hotels people now are, are looking up because there's probably 50 or 60 hotels and properties that they can that they can that they can um that they can visit and go after you know but certainly from an international point of view it's it's a marketing company that uh, works on the behalf of the woodlands and other hotels um jamie around the country and um it certainly has helped put us on the map from an international point of view and helped to attract a lot more international visitors for 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 the hotel and for hotels around the country so it's been fantastic success really for us and um something that we're really proud of uh, that we're really proud to be part of and and really proud of the brand and what it stands for and i suppose 
it kind of ties in with us as a family as well, Ridge Irish Hotels, and it ties in with our with our own brand and our own values as as as, as a business as well, you know. So yeah. Um, it's been a big. It's been it's been a great thing for for the business. You know, I suppose from following the Woodlands on, on social media and you know from knowing yourself, you know, there's that there is a big close link between um, the Woodlands and the GA and Limerick GA in particular. Um, how did this develop, or was this always the case? Um, it's a good story, or it's a good a good question to ask. Um, I suppose th- that probably goes back to. Probably my mum and dad will say Jamie, and um, probably the connections like they were hugely into GA, um, hugely into GA. Um, they were, I suppose, they and my, my dad used to like the Kerry matches. We used to go back to Killarney and to Parky Cueve every year to the Kerry Cork matches. That's how we grew up, um, going to all the football matches, and we would go to all the Limerick Hurler matches in as, as youngsters. and they would have been very involved in the local GA scene and obviously with us as, as kids growing up. But then, like, Woodlands Inn was starting to host a lot of meetings for Limerick GA and for local GAs, a lot of dinner dances for local uh, GA teams and that, and became a, a central hub for, for Limerick GA insofar as from a meetings point of view and for gatherings and for different things like that. But that's probably how they would have built it up themselves over the years, I would say. Um, probably so much so, going back to 1990, my... Dad and Paddy Mulville, who was also a Kerry man, uh, a my van man, and uh, he does be down in Dingle on it as well, actually, uh, Jamie. But they started off, do you know, the Munster 16 football tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that my dad and Paddy Mulville would have founded that together, um, would you believe, and sponsored that from the year dot. So that's up to now, like it's 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 a it's it's a it's been a very very important competition for for counties through the years, for I suppose bringing players before you see you had your minors but before that there was no under 16s or no under 14s but they launched the under 16 tournament um, and started that off and I think that was probably a huge part of starting off getting involved more with Limerick GA and probably you know when they got that off the ground and Adair then was 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 the around that was all that all that took part Adair was the hub and you know used all the, the fields locally around GA fields locally for around that but that was that was that was something that they started and has been a huge success and probably probably helped Limerick and a lot of counties that were lesser like Tipperary and Clare and nineteen ninety you know what I mean I would say and Limerick in particular when we were going pretty well at the football um, a lot of our guys would have came through that competition you know so I think it's probably a link that probably started years and years ago locally and then uh, probably through the through the relationships that they built with 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 people involved in Limerick GA over the years probably just went on from there. And I suppose that today, like we would be, the Limerick hurlers would use the Woodlands as their pre-match and post-match for when they're playing matches in, in the gated grounds for league and championship. You know, they would use it as a base um, and we're very proud to, 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 to have them, you know what I mean? And um, we just, we, we had a very strong ties and links with them um, with the GA. And I suppose probably true, uh, maybe then when I became more involved and probably was involved in county teams and squads over the years and as well, maybe it probably cemented the relation that we had probably a bit more. And, you know, it was like a big family, if you like, then. Um, and Adair has been very, very central um, and the Woodlands has been a very, very, played a very, very central role probably in the GA, probably growing over the years in Limerick. And uh, that's probably how the, the link has probably started, you know. So, 
Yeah, you you you, you you touching it there. Yeah, you just kind of brushed over it. But you you played you played a bit of football and hurling yourself so back in a couple of years ago, about ten ten or so yeah. years ago. Yeah, good. It's probably more than that. Well, that now, uh, Fifteen is yeah, it? 15. You're, you're giving me a bit of you're giving me a bit of credit there now. But um, no, I played um, played with Limerick up through the underage structures um hurling and football. Really loved and enjoyed playing board. It was just a, a great time in my life. Uh, like everyone else, when you're playing sport, just all the friends and. You know, all the time. I suppose, and we were pretty successful both locally in a day, and then with Limerick then as well underage. We are, uh, with a dare would have we won five hurling titles and probably the the noughties. Um, so we had a very successful period as a senior club, and um, we, you know, we would have had a very very good, uh, we would have had a very good bunch of players coming through uh, during the nights. You know, likes that, you know, obviously probably not likes the Mark Foley's and. You know, it would have been we would have had a lot of very good, excellent club players over the years coming through the system. Um, from you know, like Wayne Mack, uh, you know, Timmy Hoolan, Donika Sheehan, you know, all these guys would have played with onto deck in hand. Now, you know, we would have had uh, fantastic hurlers and uh, went through a very successful time. So, Declan probably just shot onto the scene when I was kind of finishing up and we were finishing up in the club point of view. So, as a as a, as a fantastic horror. and obviously in the last couple of years he's really gone on to bigger and better things and which has been very very uh, we're very very proud and very very privileged to have someone of you know the way he's the way he has been uh, led for Limerick over the last number of years so it's been it's been one of the biggest things I think for Adair people and especially in the last 12 months in particular going through the COVID times it's really really been a real bright time in our lives Jamie um, and, a, and a fantastic time in our lives, you know, to have the Limerick hurlers and especially with Declan needing them out, you know, and to captain Limerick to two All-Irons in three years, you know. So that's kind of one side of it. That's the idea. So then Limerick then would have played hurling underage, uh, won a few All-Ireland under 21 medals. I was involved in the panel that won three in a row, uh, Munster and uh, All-Ireland medals. And then we won the Munster under 21 football as well, which was totally against the curve. Um, and totally against the grain so we got beaten in the Ireland final by that great team that Cormac McDonnell captained um, in the Ireland under 21 final we were beaten above in Wollongar um, would you believe and that was like, they had an exceptional team at that time with Brian McGuigan Stephen O'Neill you, you know they just had Kevin Hughes Cormac McDonnell you know Fergal McConnell you know they just had an exceptional team uh, Jamie you know so um they were, they beat us and we actually, we, we competed very, very well with them because they were such an exceptional team, you know. Um, so that was kind of my involvement with them, with the under 21 footballers. That was a really successful time for Limerick football, which was just incredible, really. And that probably formed basis onto playing the Kerry teams then, you know, the Munster finals we were involved in then. So that backboned a lot of those teams coming through. And um, we were very unlucky probably not to win a Munster championship uh, or two even but getting across the line for one we got beaten in the famous day well we drew with him in the famous day inside Limerick and Dara Shea cut the ball three times under the crossbar yeah. we still nearly have we still nearly have nightmares over that uh, Jamie but um, and we went to Killarney Day in the following Sunday which was like it was incredible really because it was about 45,000 people in Killarney for a Limerick and a Kerry Munster final which is incredible where we believe that we would have had an opportunity to beat him but that was how 
I suppose, well prepared. We felt we were. Obviously, we wouldn't have had near the natural ability that the Kerry teams would have had, but we were probably exhausting every last ounce out of ourselves to try and compete with them. But um, look, we, we, I remember we went up five or six points just before half time, even that day in the replay, would you believe? Um, and we ended up getting beaten by maybe four for a finish. But uh, look, they were great times from from a football point of view. And we had an excellent manager, Liam Kearns, very good Kerry man. And uh, we had Mickey Nade Sullivan and Donnie Buckley afterwards. You know, great people involved in Emory football at the time. And probably backbone by a lot of the came, a lot of players would have came through that month's under sixteen football tournament, you know. So, um, we also didn't want to have you know Pat O'Shea in Killarney. Yeah. Pat was a great coach, obviously, and still a great coach. But he would have been, he would be one of the main men that would have started off, um, that would have started us off for coaching us because we'd never been coached before as Limerick footballers. Or but he taught us so much in in a couple of years in Limerick. He was he was a fantastic coach, um. And then I was involved in with the hurlers then from, I was probably involved in the footballers from 2000, 2000 to 2010. I was involved with the hurlers then from 2002 to 2007. So, um, yeah, so it was a really, you know, it was, it was obviously, a, it was a good time. It was involved in UL then as well. We won a Fitzgibbon Cup. Do you know, so we were, we didn't do too bad out of it. You know what I mean? We had a lot of good days out and a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, made lots of great friends and you know people out of it. And, you know, it was a great time for our family as well. Involved my mum and dad, loved going to all the matches, and it was just you know, there's nothing like it being involved in sport and being involved with your club and your county, and especially when you have good days to celebrate. And uh, we did we had a good few good days to celebrate, and we enjoyed that, you know. Definitely, definitely. And look what what we give for a packed uh, Fitzgerald Stadium now again on a warm summer's evening, but it's been another while, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> that's for sure, that's for sure, yeah. And that kind of leads on to my next question. How did the, the Kerry GA link, um, you know, come on board? Because I'm led to believe that most of the Kerry teams that passed through, um, they are, I think they stop into yourselves, most of them are. Yeah, they, yeah, we get, we, we've, we've, uh, we've, we've a great link with the Kerry teams. I suppose probably would have originated with my dad as well. Um, going back, I suppose that was probably the original link um, with the Kerry set up in the Kerry squad. And I suppose creating a relationship with people in Kerry over the years. Um, a lot of people, even, you know, if you go back to the under-16 tournaments, a lot of people that were involved with those squads as players and as management would have been used to using the Woodlands, I suppose, and probably helped me to put Woodlands on the map. You know, it's amazing how it, how it worked out and how it all comes around again, you know, from starting off from a tournament to that. But, you know, definitely the managers that would have been involved, maybe, and selectors and county board officers would have been involved with those tournaments underage. I would have seen how it would have worked with Woodlands. And um, I suppose it probably started off and originated from there. That probably put us in the map. And then definitely then that um, I suppose we would have great links over the years and created great links and relations with the different chairman, like take chairman one, like Tim Murphy. And then you would have had like Patrick O'Sullivan from Killarney, you know, Sean Walsh, but all the officers that we would have had great relations and built up great links with them over the years. But, a lot of that would have originated probably from our involvement with the under-16s. Uh, footballers is amazing. And year on year, you know, all the different groups of players and managers that would have come through the hotel and facility. And I suppose they would have seen maybe what we had to offer. Um, and um, we're very, very proud of the link that we have with the, with the Kerry squads. And we're, we're very, you know, we're very proud of the fact that we look after them and that, they're, that they use us as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as their stop for when they're going up to Crow Park or when they're going up north. Um, Playing league matches are up the west of Ireland. Playing league matches that they use the Woodlands as a base as well. So we're 
and um, we're very very proud of the fact that we're linked with the Kerry um, football teams and hurler teams definitely you know so and we get a lot of business uh, from from Kerry people um, and something that we're very very appreciative of and um, you know I suppose um, there's a great link with our own family going back there as well and uh, I think people certainly uh, are appreciative of that as well you know so to, to be good strong Kerry house anyway Jamie so it would as well so that's good. for sure that's good. That's good. Um, I'm going to throw this to you know because I, I think you probably know where, where I'm coming from. But uh, you know, I suppose you can be as organised as you want to be for organising events. But um, say if and if you only give a couple of hours notice to to organise event, how would you go about it? Because uh, I heard you know when uh the 2019 Rose Tree was crowned as the the Limerick Rose um. You did a great display that that night, and you were only given just over, or maybe just under twenty four hours notice. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, that was uh, that was uh, that was that was another fabulous night, and um, like it was a great honor for us again. Actually, the the rose, Sinead Flanagan, she just lives up, uh, um, maybe less than a kilometer up the road from us, and she worked with us. Would you believe when she was going when she was uh, when she was going to college as well? So it was. A very proud moment for 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 the day, no uh, more than Declan, and you know what I mean. Uh, obviously, we're, we're in the All Irelands and being the captain, and obviously Rowan and Connie being involved this year as well. But but for Sinead, winning the winning the the Rose Tralee was such a like what a great achievement for herself and for the family, and like it really really was something that we were so proud of here in the day and to have the Rose Tralee. So we were obviously going to pull out all the stops, and we knew that she was coming back and her had to be a homecoming and. Um, Obviously, we know the family very, very well. They'd be in and out of here a lot, and uh, couldn't have happened to nicer people, or couldn't have uh, what what a what a fabulous girl, and what a fabulous you know what a great representative and ambassador for the Rose of Tralee as well. So, but yeah, we had to pull out all the stops, Jamie. You just like everything, you, you go into a different mode, you know, of um, trying to organise it and get things organised, and um, we 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 got things organised and it worked out very, very well. But uh, look at when you're used to it, being involved in organising events and weddings and that, you go into a mode and uh, you just get things organised and get it done. And I think everyone was, were delighted to put out all the stops to ensure that it was such a great night for, for, for Sinead coming back uh, for the homecoming, you know. So, yeah, that's that's all part of what we do, uh, Jamie. So, it is, so yeah. Organising things on the spot and and, and uh, pulling them off. No, that's... That's very good because, I, like I said there, I uh, you know I got great reviews, heard great reviews about how the, the night went. So and uh, I was told that yeah. you, you're only given a short notice as well. So that's right. But, uh, yeah, that's nice to hear. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Um, just on, uh, I suppose the thing that I came across as well was found very interesting and you know obviously very topical nowadays, apart from COVID. Well, before COVID, um, was the you know, importance of reducing energy consumption and, you know, your carbon footprint, the green team. Do you want to tell us what that green team is about? Yeah, um, I suppose, like everything, uh, Jamie, I suppose, you know, we were going through, when you look at, we, we've gone through, nowadays we can say, uh, for our generation, we've gone through two crises, if you like, the financial crisis, which was different to this pandemic crisis because, the financial crisis there was no like people just there was no money there wasn't enough money in the world going around or there wasn't enough money you know it was for, for different reasons but whereas now there probably is certainly we don't have the issues or the same debt levels of what we would have had and people have money thank god you know what i mean there seems to be more money but obviously there's certain sectors obviously like like the hospitality very badly hit in certain sectors are but 
whereas for the financial crisis, it was everything across the board was hit. Um, and I suppose what led us to creating the green team and getting involved and trying to make our business more sustainable going forward was our costs were too high, Jamie. Um, our sales plummeted during the financial crisis as a hotel business. And uh, it certainly put, you know, there was a lot of varying factors. You know, your sales were, were, were dropping off uh, considerably. Um, you know, people didn't have money to spend. They weren't getting married as much. You know what I mean? So it, it had a big impact in the business. So I suppose as a family, then we went to see, look, we have to look at every cost across the hotel. And my area of concern, obviously being involved in the family business, the area that I was given was electricity and gas and the energy consumption and energy bills and where can we work and where can we try and make savings. So that's what kind of started, started off the green team and started my interest in, I suppose, trying to save on energy usage and gas electricity in particular, and how we could, you know, how we could how we could start the green journey and how we could start making our business more sustainable and start saving money. So we got involved in a number of projects. I suppose I certainly I'm no energy engineer, Jamie, or I know, um, but what I was very interested in was saving money and trying to be, you know, create a more sustainable business and a more sustainable business for ourselves going forward. Uh, and a greener business going forward because we felt it was the way forward for, for businesses, you know. So we were trying to be as innovative over the years as possible. And um, I think as hotels have gone through the, the last, as, as hotels have gone in the last, we'd say, since the financial crisis in the last 10, 12 years, that we would have been market leaders for, as hotel business would have gone, Jamie, with projects that we would have, you know, carried out and, we would have been ahead of our time for a lot of the things that we would have done, you know, so, and outlaid a lot of investment when maybe we didn't, you know, we weren't as flahula with the money or didn't have it, you know, but we prioritized because we felt we were going to get the payback from it, you know. Um, so what we did was we, we, we started off quite simply on the low hanging fruit, which is all the lights will say that take inside in his office to the lobby area, to the car park lighting, the whole hotel has been transformed in LED lighting. Um, so obviously you're, you're reducing your, your energy there straight away and you know take the lobby lights around 24 hours a day so we would have started off in those higher usage areas where it would have given us the best return um, and as we were saving money then Jamie what we were doing is we were re reinvesting it back in you know that kind of way so that started our journey off on the green team in particular so between the LED lighting we introduced a new CHB plant um, we had a CHB plant that we weren't probably maximising the benefit of it um, and we replaced our CHP plant even three years ago um, with a, a new bigger CHP plant but it's saving us about 80 grand a year Jamie which is incredible money really because yes. what I always say is and I, what I always say is and I, I've done a couple of different uh, presentations to, to different uh, hotel schools and different organisations that are wondering and different hotels about the works that we did but if you were to if you were to if you were to save, if you were to get eighty thousand in profit for a hotel, you would have to like the rule of thumb now is like ten or twelve times, you know what I mean, the turnover, right? So, you know, if say, if I say ten times just for to create eight hundred thousand in revenue, to to save that money, so that's what we were saving per year with that CHB. So it was an exceptional item, really. Like Jamie, it was a huge cost, but. Why aren't a lot more places doing it? Because CHB hasn't been as successful for a lot of places over the years. And there's been a lot of kind of uh, horror stories with businesses uh, locally and in around the country with CHB plants. But we've been very, very lucky since we put in 17 years ago 
that we've had the benefit of it, but we weren't maximizing the benefit of it either, Jimmy. But we have, in the last seven or eight years in particular, we have really maximized our CHP usage. It saved us an awful lot of money. We've introduced a new glycol beer system as well. Um, and basically, in, we've, we've reduced, we, we've put two new glycol systems in place where we've interlinked all our fridges in the kitchen and uh, bottle beer fridges in the back bars and front bars. And, you know, we've reduced the amount of compressor that we're using hugely. Um, and we've it's obviously given us a, a, a fantastic new beer system, which, is, um, which makes sure that the, the Guinness and the Heineken and everything is tested very, very well, Jamie, when it needs to. So we introduced that new system. We've done retrofits of air handling units. We put in, introduced a complete new heating system into our functional and cooling system. The heating system we put into a function was saving us an extra probably 15 to 18 grand a year, but it was a considerable enough capital investment at the time. But we've interlinked that now into our CHP as well. So, you know, we've done a lot of very, very smart things, Jimmy. And not that I've, I'm not saying that I've learned an awful lot from people that I've been like a leech, an energy leech, if you like, trying to pick up, you know, and learn from, like, going to all the trade shows and energy and, you know, learning from all these different people what things that possibly that we could bring back to our hotel, what could save us money, what could make us greener, what could make us more sustainable. So all of those type of projects, Jamie, have been, have been, uh, have worked out very, very well. I know like we probably have to update it, but up between 2011, 2018, we increased our sales. Um, we increased our sales by about 55, 60%, I think something like 58%. In those years, our, our, we increased our sales from 2011 to 2018. Um, we increased our I think, about 57 or 8%, but we reduced our energy usage by electricity energy usage by 60%. Jesus. And we reduced our gas usage by 20%, despite growing our business by 60% over those years. So it'll just tell you, you know, the, the amount of, I suppose, the savings that we have made uh, over the years, it's been fantastic you know and um it's made our business more sustainable like uh, i've I, I've, I've gone like as late as yesterday i spoke to a guy on the as late as yesterday i spoke to a guy or on the phone about you know we're looking at our next projects now again for the next probably 18 months or two years you know what i mean when we've been discussing them over the last kind of year 18 months but we're look you know we've also had the benefit of getting great grants through the SEAI as well and being involved in community schemes as well, Jamie, which has been uh, which has been fantastic because we were involved with St. Gabriel's School in Limerick, which is a disability school in Limerick. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, and we are, I suppose they would have, it, it was a great opportunity for them and for us to, we would have put in the energy application and teamed up with them as a community scheme, whereas they got the benefit of that as well. They put a new CHP into their, they us a pool themselves and their, in their, um, in their in, in their facility inside Limerick, which is only like ten minutes inside from here from the hotel, but they have saved an awful lot of money over the years as well as a result of the community element to that as well, Jamie. And that's something that we're very very proud of. Um, we've been involved. We did a, another community scheme with a, with a, with a with a great skull in Newcastle West. So, you know, these things have helped the community as well. And um, you know, we've we've got the benefit of getting obviously the grants, but um, it's it's been a huge thing for for our business over the last number of years. We've 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 won a, a huge amount of awards through the energy through the, the green energy scheme and the GHP awards. So we've we've won a lot. We've won a, an awful lot of awards uh, for the works that we have done and for the way that we've turned around our business. And um, 
but we're trying to be energy leaders, um, Jamie, and trying to be leaders and evolve our business to move with the market trends as much as we can, you know. So um, we've made a lot of progress, but we still have a lot more to do. And we have a lot of more projects. That, you know, we're, we're far from perfect. We have a lot of progress made, but we, we certainly have a lot more to do. But like the figures don't lie. And I think when you can say that you can grow your sales by that much and reduce your energy costs and they're the actual figures, it's it's something that we're very, very proud of uh, that we've done. And it's something that we're continuing to work on and continuing to reduce um, day in, day out. And I suppose that also takes us to our, our recycling with our with our general waste and with our recycling methods within the hotel. They have really, you know, they have improved hugely over the last number of years as well, which is what we're, you know, our recycling has improved immensely. Um, we also have our own food composter, so our own food waste as well. Jimmy, we have our own organic garden, which I did mention earlier on, which which we use all our own, you know, food composter, you know, or composting. Um, you know, we use that in the garden as well. So we have a great facility to use all that up as well. So we are... We are very sustainable and very efficient in a lot of ways. Um, we have an amazing organic garden. We have a great guy looking after it, Quivine, who is absolutely superb. It's you know it's something that we love showing off to our people. We, obviously, we, we can show people online, and you know when people come and we show it all the, all the vegetables and salads, and you know we're, we're self sufficient for our own salads and for a lot of our vegetables for our, our restaurant during the summertime or during the main harvest times of the year, which is brilliant. You know we have an organic farm within the hotel. Um, so particular times of the year, we'd have our own steaks and T-bone steaks and, you, you know, so we're, we're trying to make our business as sustainable as possible. Our local suppliers, which are uh, free range eggs or the, uh, the, our suppliers who supply us with our eggs, we use the same boxes for, you know what I mean, for, for recycling the boxes back over and over again. So that's just an example of how we're trying to be, I suppose, more, more uh, you know, sustainable going forward and, you know, trying to ensure that our green team and our ethos of being as green as possible going forward is something that we're, we're trying to keep driving on, you know, and uh, it's evolving the whole time, but we're, we're making very good progress, uh, Jamie, you know. Very good. No, that's, that's definitely the way things are going. And like, like you said there, the numbers don't lie. If you, if you can increase sales and reduce your, your energy bill, it's a, it's a win-win all around. Um, I just out of curiosity, look, we we all know 2019 was going excellent, but from your opinion, um, what direction was the tourism tourism industry going? What what was the projections in in 19 going forward? Was it going to be a continuous increase? You know, I know obviously uh, COVID came. Yeah, it was very positive, Jamie. Um, 2020 looked really really strong. Like obviously. There's been a lot of work done over the last number of years by by uh, Tourism Ireland, in particular overseas, and uh, with the branding of Ireland and you know the Wild Atlantic Way, and uh, you know the you know it's been it's been a great period in, in tourism for the country over the last number of years, and we've benefited hugely from it ourselves personally. Um, but like they've done a lot of work overseas promoting it, and um, we've got a great product, we've got a great food product, we've got a great you know we've got great uh, sites. You know, there's so much to see and do in Ireland. You know what I mean? But you know so. But 2020 was going to be a fantastic year. It would have been our strongest year, we reckon, as a business since we since we were formed. And um, obviously, the you know that just went from uh, from 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 here to literally wiping out the business completely. You know, it was just a total wipeout. And um, it's been from being our best year projected on the books to being, 
you know, you know, you really, really, you, go, you went from one extreme to the other, really, Jimmy. You know, so and I, that was the that was the same for all the, the hospitality businesses across the country. But look, we're, we're hopeful with the with the vaccine, Jimmy. We're we're all hoping for the same things, but we're really hopeful that it's going to be very, very positive. Maybe in the next, you know, three to six months that there, you know, things will start improving because God knows we really need it to improve. Because I, I don't know, can people keep, you know, going, you know keep going through these lockdown after lockdown so please god we have the solution with the vaccine you know it seems to be positive and we're just hopeful that it'll, we can start you know coming out of it but you know it's gonna it's gonna be the summer before you can see a real impact on it jimmy and um, for hotel and hospitality and hopefully we'll have we'll have the we'll have the hopefully that we will have the i don't know um we're very hopeful that we will have them I suppose how we to put it that we will have the business and you know to to sustain after that you know in comments after September because we'll have the summer we know if we get going because summer will be good to work with the relationship guests again you'd hope with the Irish people they've been so supportive of um of the of Ireland last year and it really really showed how people were holidaying in Ireland and spending locally and you know it was just back to the good old days really of what it was all about you know and um you know, we know the summer will work from that point of view, but I suppose it's after that thing, Jamie, um, come September, October, November for businesses, you know, where it's September, October, September definitely would have had a lot of overseas visitors and people traveling and, you know, coming into the country, but we won't have that now. So that's why we think it's going to take a lot. You know, it's going to take, it's going to be a slower build up to recovery. Um, but we're hopeful that it will, it'll improve steadily and slowly, you know, we don't mind once we can see light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose, Jamie, you know, so, but 2020 is all about being kind of, you know, consolidating survival, keep going, um, and please God, we'll get the benefit of the vaccine, but we're, we're, we're just hoping that really comes out in 2021, then you're hoping that, you know, we can start on an upper curve and 22, but they really think that it'll be 23 or 24, 23 before we can get back to where we were at the heights of 2019 and potentially where we were supposed to be for 2020 you know so that's what we're hoping jimmy you know look on on, on that note um i'll wrap it up there because i, I took enough of your time uh connor look I, I really appreciate you know you taking time out and coming on an inside view podcast and look best look with everything going forward and and all going well i be I'll, I'll call in there next time i'm passing do do yeah we look forward to welcoming you jamie and uh thanks a million for for, for having me on really really appreciate it um I hope that it shared some insight into what our what our business is about and what we do and that. And um just like to wish you all the very, very best yourself, Jamie, with um, you know, your own you know, with with the podcast and with the with what you're doing with the with the team building, you know, and business side of things. And uh, you know, you have to it's really admirable because you're thinking outside the box and you're trying to do things that are, you know, differently. It's like us all, we're trying to be innovative and uh it's just it's very, very admirable what you're doing and um just like to wish you all the best yourself with what you're doing and, and, and keep up all the great work. Perfect. Thanks, William Connor. I appreciate it. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Connor. A very interesting guy, very down to earth. I think with a great insight into, you know, how the businesses ran um and you know what the what the woodlands offers to the you know not only to the people of Adair but to the surrounding areas and you know to Limerick in, in general. Um it's a great employer and you know, it's a great supporter of, of things that's going on in Limerick, um, things going on in there, and obviously it's a great supporter as well to to Kerry J. You know, whenever Kerry J are passing through, they always uh, stop off in uh, in the woodlands for for food. Um, 
So look, that's all from us on this week's podcast. Please do get in contact with the show if you want to contribute in any way possible. We'd really appreciate it. Um, be sure to follow us on social media. Um, it's on the ball team building over on Facebook, over on Instagram. It's um, at underscore on the ball team building over on Twitter. It's at we're on the ball two. There's digit two. You'll also find us on TikTok. It's on the ball team building, and we are also on LinkedIn. Um, and you'll find us there. Uh, there's a page there. You'll find us at on the ball team building. Also, be, we'd really appreciate if you go follow our social media channels. You know, it'll keep you up to date as, as to what we're doing on a day to day basis. Um, we also have merchandise there. You'll see posts. So you know, be sure to get in contact with us. And we'd love to post a few, uh, some things out to you. Um, we all we've lovely caps at the moment. Um, so if you'd like to one of them, you know, be sure to, to drop us a message on any of the social media platforms and we'd be happy to, to send one out to you. Um, look, that is all from us on this week's podcast and please do tune in again next week when we we'll have another exciting guest on. Um, till then, please do stay safe and remember, cred and the fin. Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.